Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. I know it's Valentine's Day this week, and a lot of people have love on the brain. So today's guest is Asaya McKimmy. She's a couples therapist, sex therapist, sexologist, and coach who's been helping women and couples discover deeper intimacy and desire for more than a decade. As one of the most qualified sex and relationship experts in Australia, Asaya has some crazy credentials. I'm going to give this a go. She has a master's degree in relational psychotherapy, a master's degree in science of medicine with an emphasis on sexual counseling and psychosexual therapy, a postgraduate diploma of sexology and a certificate from the prestigious Institute for Advanced Studies of Human Sexuality. She's worked with thousands of people, writes a popular weekly advice column on sex and relationships, and is a lecturer to others studying couples therapy. And beyond this, she's just a lovely person with a reputation for sharing practical tools and getting results for her clients. Before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to give you a heads up that there is some content that's not appropriate for younger ears. So maybe don't blast this in the car if you're driving with your family. Okay, let's do this. Isaiah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I want to start because I know, and especially in long-term relationships, it's super common for women to go through periods of just kind of feeling disconnected. So let's go there. Mm-hmm. What's your best advice mm-hmm. off the bat for just trying to rebuild or amp up that feeling of connection in our relationships? Mm. This is really one of the most common issues that couples face. We actually know that the most common cause of separation or divorce is not big betrayals or huge arguments. It's couples slowly growing apart over time. And that can happen usually for a whole number of reasons because life gets really busy. And so you come home and you're juggling kids and you feel like you have almost no quality time together, you don't get to connect and really talk about things at the same depth that you that you used to. And you can both kind of then end up feeling like ships passing in the night or like you're just kind of existing under the same roof together. But there are really clear steps that we can take to help address that and to help to bring that feeling of intimacy and connection back. So for me, when I'm working with couples, There's always five steps that I take them through overall, but three that are really key in there. It's that we have connection, that we have communication, and then we have sexual intimacy because all of those together lead to a really positive cycle overall. One builds on the other. When we've spent time together during the day, when we've been able to talk about how our day is, feel like our partner is there and cares for us, that's going to improve the quality of communication that we have, especially when it comes to big topics. And when we feel like we can share what is on our heart 
with someone and that they're going to listen and receive it and respond, that's part of how we get intimacy and that's part of how we feel connected. And then that's when we want it to lead to other forms of intimacy too, right? Like touch or or sexual intimacy. So for me, there's always a really big picture here in these different areas that, that have to go together for couples to really start to get that feeling back. Sounds like it's all intertwined. And it actually leads me to a great place because you said communication is important, right? That was one Mm -hmm. of the steps that you talk about. I want to share one of your quotes. You say a great partner inspires you to be a better version of yourself by loving and supporting you as who you already are. Now, I know we all want to show up for our partners with unconditional love and not be a nag, but it can be tricky in long-term relationships. So I just want to throw out my honest flag here. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios that maybe okay. lead to couples not feeling like communicate. I, I just want your advice on how you would handle okay. this. So I'll throw myself into the ring. I love my husband, so I know he would not mind if I shared this, but I've been making lots of like soups and stews and it sounds extremely petty, but he's just been like slurping slurping every, every time we have them. And I feel so petty and I'm like, Oh my God, but it's like, it's not foreplay. I'll tell you that. So in what case do you just let it go? Or how do you communicate kindly and compare? Like, what's your advice with the petty little things that we all know we have something if we're in a long-term relationship? There are always little things. And and that is so often what couples are arguing about. They're like, it's the silliest little thing. Like it's the pettiest little thing that led to the biggest argument. We don't even know how we got there. It is a bit of a balance between what can we let go? What can we be okay with? And and saying something because us voicing what's going on for us and, and really clearly stating our needs is so important. You use that word nagging in there. And I think that is a really common question that I get from women. How can I let my partner know without nagging? Another kind of word that we could use for that is criticizing. Like, How can I let my partner know what's going on without criticizing them? Because so much of the time, that is how our partners feel when we're trying to give them feedback, when we're trying to let them know how they can improve, we don't see it as criticism because we're just trying to give them the information so they can take steps to change it, right? But it feels like criticism to them. So there's a couple of things that we can do to change that, to change the way we're saying something that makes it easier for the other person to hear. And when it's easier for them to hear, it's then easier for them to take action. So I teach couples what is known as a gentle startup, and there's really three parts to it. So it's, I feel about what I need. So when we say, I feel, we then go to share our emotions. So I feel frustrated. I feel upset. I feel sad. I feel afraid about the soup, the slurping, the dirty (laughs) clothes on the floor, you coming home late. You let them know about what, and then you can share, I need. I need to eat my meal in a relaxed way. I need to eat my meal in peace. I need us to communicate in a way where we feel like a team. Uh, I need to know that I have your support on keeping the house tidy. So 
when we start by sharing our emotions, we're starting in a softer, more vulnerable way than if we were to say what you're doing is wrong and I don't like it. And then we clearly let them know what it's about and the action I need. We're sharing how they can be our hero because our partners really do want to be our hero so much of the time. But it's really hard if they feel like we're telling them what's wrong or they're feeling criticized or attacked by us. That's super helpful. And I like how concrete that is, because I feel like I've read or heard about little pieces of expressing how you feel. But I like how that's a three part and it's clear and it's also kind of a solution because it, it doesn't feel like an attack. So I'll give you another scenario. And then let's go through the I feel about what and I need to I need. Okay, let's practice. I think that this is gonna be really helpful. Okay, something I hear a lot from a lot of women in my community is that their partner has an injury, or something that they just complain about. But they're either they just like aren't going to do something about it, but it's clearly Mm -hmm. impacting their mood. So obviously Mm -hmm. impacting the whole household. Can you walk me through an example of how you would compassionately address that using the model you just explained? Okay, let me think about this because do you know where I go with this? Where I go is actually to the flip side of sharing, which is listening around Mm. this. Because I'm really curious about why a partner keeps bringing something up and what's kind of really going on underneath hmm. that? So let, let me play with this. And then if, we, if it's all right, we can come back to the soft startup around this. But when someone is repeatedly bringing something up over and over again, it's often because they haven't been heard on it. And we haven't really got to the core of what's going on around this. So when I hear that someone's bringing something up over and over again, I want to go to what their feelings are around it, around, okay, I've heard you mention this injury a number of times and it sounds like this is really frustrating for you. And even if we get the emotion wrong, the fact that we've guessed what their emotion is is normally enough for them to say, well, no, it's not that I'm frustrated. It's, you know, I I guess maybe it's that I'm really scared about what's going to happen if this doesn't get better. So, like I hear you, it sounds like, and we go for the emotion. And then we can ask a question around, like I'm really curious about what is stopping you going and seeing someone about this? Because then we start to get to the core of what's really going on for them. And then there's the possibility that they realize what's really going on at the core for them, and then they can take some action moving forward. Does this, I don't know, does this yeah, make sense? I know we that, just went in a different direction. That's okay. I, I'm all for having another tool in our toolkit. And I feel like we've got the self-startup and that might be, it might just be a judgment call. It sounds like the deep listening might help you, you know, everybody wants to feel seen, right? And so it's just kind of an invitation to problem solve together in a way that feels collaborative. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and if we were going to put that into a soft startup, if I kind of loop back around, we we might say something like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really frustrated about you bringing up this issue over and over again. 
I need us to talk about some steps that you might take to address this. That's helpful. Okay. All right. Let's move on because I I know that you mentioned kind of it's this more of the the growing apart that mm-hmm. is what impacts relationships. It's not infidelity or some of the things maybe we all assume. If we flip that, what are some practices or habits that you wish all couples would just consider in general to support healthy long-term relationships? Oh, I love this question. There's a few things that come to my mind around this because we've got really clear data on what creates happy, lasting, strong relationships. There's so much that I want to give couples around this. There really is something about making sure you're spending some time together every day to connect in with each other, not to talk about the practical things that you have going on, but to really kind of stop and ask each other, how are you? I could call it a daily check-in that my couples do. And it doesn't have to take a really long time, really like 10 to 15 minutes where you're just giving each other your attention as people, as friends, as lovers again can make such a difference. So one, have time to connect in every day. Share appreciation or love for each other every day. So remember to tell each other the positive things, to say, I love you, or to say, you know, I really appreciate what you did. I really appreciate this quality about you. And when we start to say one thing every day, in our minds, we start to find more and more of the things that we love and appreciate. And it creates a positive snowball effect between couples as well. So connect in, say I love you or share an appreciation every day and have physical touch that doesn't necessarily lead anywhere every day. That physical touch releases oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. It also helps us feel calmer as well as more connected to someone. So if we can even hold hands, hug, kiss each other kind of passionately, but without it having to lead anywhere every day, that's going to help to rebuild the the connection and then ultimately the passion and spark between a couple as well. That's a beautiful list. Thank you for sharing that. Speaking of passion and spark, I know that I do want to carve out some time to talk about sex because you have tons of training in, in intimacy and I think, especially like I said, in, in long-term relationships, people are looking to boost intimacy. It, it's easy. A lot of people get into a rut. So what, what can we do to put ourselves in a place of having better sex? Yeah, it's the most common challenge that couples seek my help for is feeling like they're in a sex rut or feeling like one person in particular has lost their desire and then it becomes a point of tension in the relationship. So Again, I need us to keep that bigger picture in mind that you have to build connection and you have to have communication in order to be able to really address the sexual area of your relationship well. Because if you haven't had any connection all day and you can't have a conversation without it turning it into an argument together, if you get into bed at the end of the day and you're really tired and then your partner makes a move on you, that is going to be the last thing that you feel like doing. But if you've had this lovely connection, if you've felt throughout the day that your partner is interested in you and that they care about you and you've enjoyed this beautiful physical touch for a few days in a row without it having to go anywhere, 
then you're going to be more open to connecting with your partner in, you know, in a more sexual and intimate way. So when I'm giving suggestions for the bedroom and what we can do to kind of increase the desire and to kind of spice things up, it really has to fit into this kind of bigger picture or strategy around couples taking care of their relationship as a whole. That makes a lot of sense. It's part of a bigger ecosystem. And I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. I think so many women, it starts with the beginning of the day, not the end of the day with how things Mm -hmm. might turn out. So right. Just another couple of kind of tips into there, because I love those words that you use when you when you kind of introduce this topic, let's carve some time out. That is exactly what I think couples need to do around intimacy as well. We have such busy lives, so much going on, and we make time for all of the things that are important to us. Yet somehow we usually still expect sex to happen spontaneously and passionately without us actually setting aside any time for it. So one of the things that that I recommend couples do is set aside time for a bedroom date or an intimacy date, as I call it. And that's not necessarily scheduling sex, but it's really creating space, carving out time in your busy lives where you're really saying to each other, our intimate connection is important and we're going to make time for it and give it the opportunity to grow and to flourish. So that might be going to bed early on a Wednesday night or knowing that there's like one day on the weekend where you can give the kids iPads or watch cartoon and stay in bed for a little bit longer and really kind of have that intimate time together. I understand what you're saying. Cause I think a lot of people kind of recoil at like, Oh gosh, am I in that place? I, I, people, tend to react with judgment when it's like, oh, you put sex on the schedule, but, and tell me if I'm mirroring this back to you in the right way. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of just saying, Hey, this is a, a time where we know we're just going to put ourselves in an environment for connection. And if sex happens, cool. If not, we know it, we're at least, it's nice to feel like you're getting in bed and you're not finishing up something or, you know, you're coming to bed at the same time. You're relaxing together, even just, you know, hanging out (laughs) is better than nothing (laughs) you know like I used to be able to like spontaneously catch up with my best friend and be Mm -hmm. like hey what are you doing right now oh have you got time to meet for coffee and we had lives where we could do that we don't have those lives anymore if I want to see my best friends we've got to schedule it sometimes a couple of weeks in advance sometimes very rarely everything kind of lines up where it's like oh I've ended up with the free night tomorrow oh I have two but so much of the time, like our lives don't really allow for that kind of spontaneity. And so I, it's always confusing that we expect sex to happen just spontaneously as well, when everything else is usually so meticulously planned and scheduled. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like, it's not sexy if it doesn't happen spontaneously or something. Yeah. yeah and it still can be because you've got that anticipation and excitement of the leading up to it. And then, you know, you can change what you do in that bedroom date time to make it kind of exciting and different and playful, but you know that you've got the time and the space and you're in a calm place to do that. That seems like a good step. Speaking of, you know, feeling sexier, I know a lot of women, depending on where they are in their life, they're just maybe not feeling as sexy or confident in the bedroom. What's your advice there? Mm. 
Look, it's a really good point, particularly for women after having children, their body changes, their self-image can change as well. So like, what does it mean to be a mother? Now, what does that mean about how sexy I am or how sexy I can be? You know, and questions about, okay, so how does my partner see me now as well? There is a couple of components to this. One is our mindset how we're seeing ourselves, like sexy is a state of mind. We have to still be willing to see ourselves as a sexual and sensual being. There's something really, you know, powerful, as silly as it sounds, as, you know, taking that kind of moment to wear the thing that makes us feel good or put on a pair of some nice lingerie underneath and we actually know that women who who wear sexy lingerie are more likely to be in the mood and reach orgasm at the end of the day because they're starting to cultivate that sexy state of mind and start to feel that in their bodies that's interesting okay so what about initiating like a lot of women maybe have just like fallen out of the habit and then there's even a guilt component mm-hmm. of not being the one who ever initiates yeah, that's a that's a really tough one in a relationship because it is hard when one person is the person who is always initiating. The other person never gets that opportunity to feel wanted and desired. And they're kind of always the ones putting themselves out there and then feeling like they're being rejected. So having that balance can really add a lot of kind of intimacy and fun and passion back into a lot of relationships. But I understand that it can be scary. And something that women face a lot when they're in heterosexual relationships is they try to make a move, like they finally psych themselves up to make that move and their partner misses their cues completely. And they're like, oh, I've just been thinking about this all day and I think he just turned me down, but I'm not really sure. And now I don't want to ask him about it. So it doesn't go anywhere. One of the things that I suggest couples do around this is have a conversation about it to really talk together about what are your kind of rituals, if you like, for initiating sex together and what are your rituals for turning each other down? So if you are turning your partner down, instead of just hearing, oh, no, I'm not in the mood. What does your partner want to hear that would help them feel okay about it? Or what would you like to do instead of sex if you're not in the mood for sex? And, you know, vice versa. It's like, okay, what are your signals that you're interested in sex? Well, what if I were to do this? Would you would you recognize that as, as me making a move? Or what if we have an agreement that we do this instead or that we do this as a way of signaling? to each other so that there's a whole lot of communication and understanding around it. That's really helpful because I think most of our conversation has been about women getting their mojo back in in the bedroom and whatnot in the bigger context of connection in our relationships. Mm -hmm. But there are times, and I have to say, I think, especially for women who have young, maybe young kids who've had people hanging on them all day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think women just literally need some space, but they don't want to feel like they're rejecting their partner. Mm -hmm. So yeah, give us a little bit more of an example of how you can compassionately turn Mm -hmm. down your partner. Well, this comes back to the communication because I, you know, I hear the 
you know, having people hanging on you all day. And what that often means that for women is we've been busy, we've been doing, we've had people wanting things from us all day and our nervous system goes into overdrive. So we're actually in a pretty stressed state. And from a stressed state, it's so, so difficult to be turned on and to feel in the mood for sex. So one of these kind of rituals or something that you might talk about together is what would help you feel more in the mood? So what if you go and have a bath or have a shower, take a glass of wine with you, take a cup of tea and have some space just to relax? I'll come and take care of everything that needs to be done. You know, I'll I'll clean up, I'll do the prep for tomorrow and then we can meet after that without this idea of what is going to happen but an idea of okay what do we both feel like in the moment do I just feel like holding hands do I just need to be held by my partner in a way that is not someone else hanging off me but in a way that is actually nurturing for me so having some of those you know I think rituals is a really good word of a word for it that help us feel in the mood and help us get into the mood because the reality is we're not necessarily just going to feel like having sex and that doesn't need to be the precursor to us engaging intimately with our partner. We can start by, you know what, I feel really tired tonight. What I would really love is can we just hold each other? Can we just kiss and see where that goes from there? Or would you start by giving me a massage just so I can feel relaxed and and then see what happens from there or all right why don't you go and clean up the kitchen and then come and get into the bath with me and and then let's like just take a minute to talk about how our day was so that you can then see what it is that unfolds from there I just want to go back to this because that was interesting what you said about how you're not going to be in a state of wanting to have sex when your nervous system is in overdrive. Mm -hmm. And I think it is common for women to have potentially their partner be game for sex and they're still in their heads, you know, Mm -hmm. like mental ticker. And so what can women do if they find themselves in that situation and they don't want to be in that situation? Mm. I'm always so wary of the way that women kind of take so much responsibility for what's going on in their relationship because if they're carrying all the mental load then we can't add it to their mental load oh and by the way now it's also your responsibility to be able to get out of your head and into your body so that you can show up in your relationship for that so it needs to be something that the couple is really mindful of and working on as a team like, hey, I've got a lot going on. I'm going to need time, space, support to be able to unwind and feel like I can come and connect with you oh, in a more settled and softer and sensual way. Here's what I think I'm going to need to do that. Do you think you can support me around that? I'm going to need this time for myself or I'm going to need you to, to help take care of some of these pieces. So it's something that you're working out together, not just something that women end up taking more responsibility for. That's beautiful. I know that so many people are going to have so many takeaways from this conversation. And I always end with the same question. And that's, 
What's one question women should be asking themselves more? Hmm, That is such a good question. A question that I think women need to be asking themselves more is what would feel really good for me right now? And that is not a question we can answer from our heads. It's a question that has to come from being in our bodies, being with ourselves and really feeling the answer. Thank you. I know people are going to want to follow you and learn more. I really respect just your whole approach. It's just really empowering for women and couples. So where can we, where can we find you? So um, you can find me on Instagram. That's kind of the only social media that I use. It's asiamckimmy.sexologist. I also have a website with some free resources available and some more information there as well. It's www.asiamckimmy.com. Okay, wonderful. We'll make sure to capture that in the show notes. And I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at WhitneyWoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.